Hello, the 42 Rugby Weekly listeners. Thanks a million to those of you who've joined us down in Liberty Hall Theatre on Wednesday night for our Rugby World Cup preview with James Lowe and Scott Freddie. It sounded like everyone had a cracking evening and we just hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. The full show will be available to listen in podcast form for the 42 members. And if you're not a member, you can join us for just €5 Euro a month or €42 Euro a year when you visit members.the42.ie. There'll be monthly prize draws, exclusive podcasts across a range of sports, insiders' newsletters direct to your inbox from your favourite sports writers, priority ticket access and preferred seating at our live events, and much, much more. So here's a little flavour from last night then, where in typically rip-roaring fashion, James Lowe talked us through the confusing process of watching Ireland beat the All Blacks in Dublin last November. Here when Ireland beat New Zealand last November... There was kind of a nearly a debate as to how much you, we should enjoy it, having gotten one over on New Zealand at home and having beaten them in 2016 after a century and more of, of not doing so, versus tempering our expectations for the World Cup, which, as it transpired, we should have done. <laughs> but what was the reaction like in New Zealand, even among people that you would have known? Like, I mean, you're friendly with a lot of players down there, and I'm sure living here last November, you would have gotten plenty of WhatsApp, uh, WhatsApps and things yeah. like that. Um, yeah, it was an interesting time. I had my parents over at the time. It was my dad's 60th, so we, um, we were in the crowd that day, you know, and with both anthems going, you don't know, you don't know what one to sing sort of thing. Eh? It's, very, it's so confusing at the moment, I'll tell you. That's the easiest <laughs> way to put it. Um, <laughs> how's, how's your Irish going here? Yeah. Yeah, very good. Uh, <laughs> don't speak much uh, Gaelic in D4. No. It's, no. Of, uh, it's an interesting one. Uh, um, There's a bit on the street signs. Look at the street signs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it's, I mean, if you take away the jerseys, like I have friends in both camps. Um, and I know from, an, like, from the New Zealand perspective, they were, they were quite disappointed. Um, and then full credit to Ireland, I mean, to beat the All Blacks, you have to play them at home, play your best and hope the All Blacks don't play their best. <laughs> like, that's the form, like that's an easy way to break it down, you know. And I mean, the, the way that Ireland played that day, they were so clinical in so many facets of the game and just strangled New Zealand, you know. Um, they scored, like some people would think, some freakish tries, but I mean, in terms of a set piece, that one where they switched Stockdale, went down the sideline, the chip and chase, the score, I mean, individually from Stockdale, that's amazing, but the amount of planning that would have gone in, specifically knowing what New Zealand were going to do in this situation from this line out with this personnel, I mean, it's, it's, it's a credit to the coaching staff. And um, like I said, sitting in the crowd, <laughs> you know, it was, it was confusing, but like, it was awesome as well, you know, like I'd, I remember Sexto made a tackle literally on the 22 where we were standing and he was giving it to the crowd sort of thing. He didn't know I was blooming, you know, sitting there looking at him. Yeah, yeah, looking like, he was look, he looked like a dork to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was, um, it was awesome. I, I thought it was cool for Ireland to win at home, you know, especially when you look back, was it 2013 where Cruden yeah. had two kicks from the sideline. Uh, we're still trying to figure out who the winger was that, uh, you know, gave him that second kick. From you the, don't know who charged down. Yeah. yeah, that charge down that gave Cruden the second kick, you know. So like it was, it's cool. It's awesome for the game. It's always good to get one up on New Zealand. New Zealand are the benchmark at the moment. They're the team that has the target on their back and for Ireland to do it at home um, and play so well. Mm. I mean, it gives them confidence. They know they can do it, you know. It's always good. Yeah. yeah. What did your parents think of Dublin? They loved it. They, um, they had... <laughs> 
they didn't pay for a pint the whole time. No, they didn't pay for a pint. They were yeah. more famous than me around these parts. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, but yeah, they went down like I I lived in in Bulls Bridge, and they were going to um, they were going to the bridge every lunchtime. They were amazed that. Um, They'd go there at 12 o'clock, it would pack out from one to two, because everyone from, you know, they'd go, go have lunch, they'd have a pint and a sambo, and then go back to work. And then I'd finish, I'd finish work at three, and I'd call them, I'd be like, oh, what have you been up to? He's like, oh, yeah, we need a ride home. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Dad, it's three o'clock in the Arvo, like. <laughs> um, but yeah, they, they really enjoyed their time, you know, like to see, like I'm the youngest of my family, and they were, they were, they were supportive, obviously, with my decision. It was completely my decision. Obviously, I talked to them. We discussed different things. Um, it was a hard conversation, obviously, to have to have me, you know, go to the other side of the world. Um, but after they came here, they saw how happy, like I was. They saw how appreciate, like how kind everyone was to them. They could only imagine how nice they were to me. Like they were, they were very happy that I ended up in Dublin. That's for sure. Would it? <laughs> there you go, a lot of jobs in here. A few more free points, maybe down the line. Uh, <laughs> without necessarily harping on a bit, and not looking for a definitive answer, but would, would the prospect of playing for Ireland and not New Zealand be something you'd have to discuss with them at all? Or has the damage been done, per se, by you moving over here in the first place? <laughs> yeah, I actually... Like, I remember having a conversation with my dad. Like, um, it literally... At the time when I guess this like a contract offer came through, um, I was in a little place. I was in a place called Taranaki, which is midway down the North Island, beautiful part of the country. And I was actually it was a team building exercise, and I had Brad Weber next to me, literally like this, and we were on this old um, on this coal track. So literally, you could do this like um, you could do this thing where you hop in like a coal mine, like in a cart, you know, and there's pedals, and you'd pedal your way down. It was like a it was a fun touristy thing to do, but for us, it was a race. So I was literally, <laughs> I was literally on. I had Brad Weber next to me, and I got this email from my agent, and I was like, oh, like an offer's come through, and I showed Bradley. He's like, holy heck, like because Brad was in uh, Brad Weber. He's a very good friend of mine as well, but he was in the exact same boat where he was literally on the fringe. And we were supposed to make our debut together against Samoa. Obviously, I couldn't because I had to get surgery, but he made his debut then. You know? And then after that, like I would have been in the exact same boat as him where I was given an opportunity. I would have been capped once, and then I would have been battling hard every single year, trying to perform the best that I can, just so I could hopefully sit on the bench for a couple of caps. You know? And when you, when you put it into perspective like that, like... I would have been happy, like, yeah, obviously it was a dream for me to play for the All Blacks, you know, uh, being a kid from New Zealand, but then you get to a stage in your life where you've got to sometimes park dreams and think of opportunity, and this opportunity came in the weirdest of places, you know, I was dripping sweat on this, in this coal car, peeling away, and my phone starts going mental, and I'm sitting there with <laughs> Brad Weaver in the same boat as me, going, man, I wish I got offered this, and like all, like it's just such a, it's a, so weird how it all came about, you know, um, but yeah, and then I look, look at it from a perspective of potentially representing Ireland, which is like, it's, 
like I'd be I'd do my absolute best if I was given the opportunity, you know, and I understand that to a lot of loyalists it's a weird prospect. To me it's a weird prospect. <laughs> wrong word, wrong word. Yeah. Wrong word. Wrong word. <laughs> yeah. You know, like it's, I don't think you meant that word the way that Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's my uh, accent. Yeah. No, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, like I I went to like the Cricket World Cup, you know, and like we actually we sat in a pub in Greece. Yeah. I remember watching the Cricket World Cup and like I'm still going for New Zealand and the Cricket yeah. World Cup am I allowed to still support New Zealand in the cricket? Like <laughs> Ireland weren't there so like it's like I said it is very confusing but if the opportunity does come to represent Ireland uh, I mean it's still a long way away but if I was given the opportunity I'd do it with like full heartedly I wouldn't leave anything uh, I wouldn't leave people wondering if I was given it my all you know like it'd be 100% for obviously uh, for Ireland. Yeah. 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 That's it. That's it.